The Productive Woman, Episode 71. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thank you so much for joining me for this very first episode of 2016 and welcome to the new year. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about a question that I've been thinking about a lot lately, all tied to the why of how we live our lives. You'll find links and additional information in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 71. This episode is brought to you by Nosebee, the productivity tool that's designed to help you simply get things done. The Productive Woman listeners can get a free 30-day trial of Nosebee's Pro Edition by visiting nosebee.com woman. You've heard me talk about Nosebee before if you've been listening to the show for very long, and I am really excited to welcome them as a new sponsor of The Productive Woman. I'll share a little bit more about Nosebee and about their special offer to you as a listener a little bit later in the show. And one last note before we get started, at the end of this episode, I'm going to mention a couple of free events that are coming up very soon where you and I could interact live via the internet. So please be sure to stick around for that information. I'd love to see you there. Okay, so let's get into what I want to talk about tonight. In episode 70 of The Productive Woman, we basically closed out last year by talking about the process of doing a year-end review and the beginnings of a plan for the new year. This week, I wanted to continue that conversation about the planning process by taking a look at, at the bigger picture, some of the why behind the goals we set, the choices we make, you know, the, the way we live our lives and what we focus our time, energy, and attention on. I I thought it was kind of interesting that after I had chosen this title and kind of outlined the basic points that I'd been thinking about that I wanted to make, then I, I then Googled the title I had chosen and was kind of surprised to find tons of articles with that same name and talking about this very question. So I thought that was, uh, you know, obviously I also had sort of coincidentally, and I'm using air quotes there, started reading Elizabeth Gilbert's new book, Big Magic, right after that, and found that there's a lot there that's really relevant to this conversation. So I think obviously, I'm not the, you know, the huge original thinker, I'm not the first one to think about these things. It's out there. And uh, hopefully you'll find this interesting. Uh, I'll be sharing some of the thoughts that I found particularly interesting from Elizabeth Gilbert's book, as we go along. And so the the question I want to ask you and you know that I've been asking myself as I went through my year-end review process and thinking is you know are are you happy with your life? Is the life you're living the life you really want? And if not, why not? Why are you living that way? Whose expectations are you trying to meet? Whose life are you living? Um, and again, this, this question raises a whole lot of other questions. If, if you find as I think happens often for women and maybe for men as well, you know, we see, we see movies about, 
guys who've chosen a career path because that's what their parents wanted them to do or that sort of thing. And it happens to all of us. So when we think about the path that we're on, when we take that step back and look at the life we're living and wonder, right, if this isn't the life I want, why am I doing it this way? Why am I living this way? Is it, is it because I've been on this path so long, I simply can't imagine living any other way? Or, you know, are, am I so crazy busy with every minute filled so there's not even time to think about what I want or what I want to change? And that leads to the question of, am I filling every minute as a subconscious way of avoiding thinking about whether my life is on the path I want it to be on? We've talked in previous episodes back a while ago uh, about how sometimes busyness is a a way of sort of insulating ourselves from thinking about the things that are bothering us or the things uh, that matter to us. So that can be part of a reason maybe why if, if we're realizing that the life we're living isn't the life we want, maybe this is part of why. And so the next question is what keeps us from living our own life? Um, is it often I think fear, you know, maybe fear of what other people will think. And, and as I was thinking about that, I, somebody has said, what other people think of you is none of your business. You really can't control what other people think. And if you change your life or your behavior to live somebody else's vision of what your life should be, that probably won't benefit you, well, it certainly won't benefit you, but it probably won't benefit them either. I saw this meme on, probably on Facebook, and I saved the the image of it because I just thought it was interesting, uh, food for thought. Uh, and it basically said, don't ever feel bad for making a decision about your own life that upsets other people. You are not responsible for their happiness. You're responsible for your own happiness. And anyone who wants you to live in misery for their happiness probably shouldn't be in your life to begin with. Now, you know, maybe it's because I'm a lawyer. I, When I read something like that, I immediately sort of start thinking about the other side of that. But there's a grain of truth in there. We make choices, if we are making choices about our life, to please somebody else that are not making us happy and fulfilling us, whatever our our view of the world should be we're probably really not helping them at all. This is a place where I there I saw some really wise advice in Big Magic from Elizabeth Gilbert. She's the, if you don't remember, she's the author of the bestseller Eat, Pray, Love that was turned into the movie with Julia Roberts. She has a new book out, and I'll put a link in the show notes to where you can pick this up. I, I really recommend the book. It's really, really good. Gave me a lot to think about. Uh, but she's got this new book out called Big Magic. And it's not about magic, magic. It's really about living creatively, uh, a creative life without fear. Anyway, that's a side issue. One of the things she said in the book that really struck home with me is, let other people have their opinions. She goes on to say, more than that, let people be in love with their opinions, just as you and I are in love with ours. But never delude yourself into believing that you require someone else's blessing or even their comprehension in order to make your own creative work. And I would add to live, you know, your life, to to create the life that you need. 
She goes on to say, and always remember that people's judgments about you are none of your business. Lastly, remember what W.C. Fields had to say on this point. It ain't what they call you. It's what you answer to. And I, I really, you know, W.C. Fields, the old comedian, had, had a good point there. You don't have to answer to the names people give you or the labels they put on you. You can choose your own name. You can be the person you believe you are, the person that you want to be. Um, and, and again, I, I'm going to talk later about what this means for the people in your life. But I want to say, I, I am not, don't hear me saying to you, dump all the, you know, the, your family and go off and, and live whatever life you're dreaming of. That's not what I'm saying. But who you are inside and the, the life that you live, you get to choose that. And some of that may involve, you know, doing kind things and accommodating the people you love, but don't let them define you. So there's going to be some more about that later. Another fear we have that keeps us from living our own, uh, you know, authentic life is fear of failure. And we've talked about this before several times, probably because it's something that I deal with all the time. Um, for instance, in episode six, we talked about this in, in some detail. So you can check that out. Um, you know, the fear is what if I try to live the life I really want, but I can't do it. And uh, a perfect example for me is I, have, I love to write. I've always wanted to write a novel and nonfiction, different things. But I avoided writing, writing, and I'm talking about, you know, writing for years, just out of nothing but fear that if I tried and found I had no talent or ability, that, that dream would be dead forever. And I just couldn't bear the, the thought that, I might find out I could not do this thing I had always dreamed of doing. And somehow in my mind, I had it twisted around that, well, if I never try, then I could always think maybe I could have done it. Well, that's just goofy. So, um, but that fear of failure can very definitely prevent us from pursuing the, 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 the projects of our heart from creating the life we really want because we might think that we're not, it's we're not it's not available to us we don't have what it takes again going back to elizabeth gilbert in big magic she notes that any attempt to do something different or new or creative and think of that expansively not just art not just writing but creating something in our lives in our world any, any attempt to do that is likely to trigger the fear that is built into us as part of our instinct for self-preservation. She says, uh, she puts it this way, your fear will always be triggered by your creativity because creativity asks you to enter realms of uncertain outcome and fear hates uncertain outcome. Your fear, programmed by evolution to be hypervigilant and insanely overprotective, will always assume that any uncertain outcome is destined to end in bloody, horrible death. Uh, and, you know, that's really, there's something deep in us that is afraid of change, of, uh, afraid of trying something that we don't know how it'll turn out. And uh, that can very much prevent us from really stepping into and creating that life that we want to live, that life that matters. We'll talk in a bit about some ideas for dealing with the fear. But I wanted to talk about another, so, so fear can prevent us from living that life. Another thing that can prevent us from living our own life 
the life that is authentic to us is uncertainty. Maybe we just don't know how or where to start. Maybe we need coaching or more education or more information. And I'm going to talk about dealing with that in probably the next episode, but certainly coming up soon, some ideas about how to get uh, the skills and the information and um, the, to to do the things that we want to do to, you know, accomplish those things that matter and to us. Uh, Another reason that we may not be living the life that is authentic to us, the life we really want to, is we don't think we deserve the life we long for. And for here, I'd refer you back to episode 68, when we talked about the lies we tell ourselves. We may think we don't deserve this life that we dream of. Maybe we're punishing ourselves for past mistakes or, or past bad choices. Maybe we don't think we've earned it. You know, look at episode 63 when we talked about the imposter syndrome. Or maybe people we respect, whether rightly or wrongly we respect them, or who've had authority over us, have told us things that lead us to believe we, we're not entitled to, we don't deserve the chance to live our own authentic life. But you know what? You do deserve that. You, you deserve the right to, you deserve the opportunity to create a life that has meaning for you. And I, I, I hate to, I'm, well, I don't hate to. I, I'm going to quote again from Big Magic. Again, this, I just find it so interesting that I started reading this book around, after I had already started outlining this episode. She says, in order to live free to create, free to explore, you must possess a fierce sense of personal entitlement. Uh, she goes on to say, I recognize that the word entitlement has dreadfully negative connotations, but I'd like to appropriate it here and put it to good use because you will never be able to create anything interesting out of your life if you don't believe that you're entitled to at least try. Now, creative entitlement doesn't mean, I'm I'm still quoting from the book, creative entitlement doesn't mean behaving like a princess or acting as though the world owes you anything whatsoever. No, creative entitlement simply means believing that you are allowed to be here and that merely by being here, you are allowed to have a voice and a vision of your own. Uh, I I just thought that was so powerful and I hope... If if this is has been an issue for you, that if this resonates with you, that you'll really absorb those words and think about what that means for you and your right to at least try to create something interesting out of your life, to create the life that you want. Uh, there's more in the book that talks about this, but I just think it's, um, I, I just thought that was so powerful. So what do we do about it? If we are in this position of not realizing we're not living our own authentic life, that we're living a life that was, we just fell into, or that our parents said we should live, or we've, you know, some past belief or past experiences have pushed us in this direction, but we want to um, expand our vision a little bit and create more of a life that is really what's in our heart. The first step, I think, is to decide to take action 
and the first action is figuring out whether any change is needed. So this is this the rest of this is kind of going to kind of be homework for you and for me. I'm more, I'm going through this process myself as well. Um, so deciding whether you need to change, whether you're content or satisfied or happy or not. This is about awareness. It's about intentionality. It's about purposefulness. It's about not just making it through from one day to the next and, and you know, unaware or without thought about whether you've gotten any closer to achieving what matters to you. But it's about taking the time to think through this, think through your life, give it some good thought. Um, so find a safe space to think about it. Maybe a journal, a friend you trust, or a counselor if you think you need uh, to talk to somebody. I encourage you to try journaling. This can really help you crystallize your thinking. So uh, there are a couple ways to do this. If you prefer typing, you can try Day One. That's the app that I use for journaling, and I think that's an Apple only. Uh, I have it both on my computer and on my iDevices, my iPad, and so it's a place to just think uh, on paper, so to speak, or on screen. And you can um, uh, you can put a password on it so nobody can find it. And you could be really honest with yourself as you think through these questions that, that I've been asking. If you'd like to do it online, um, without having to, uh, without being restricted to Apple devices, there's an app called, or a website called Penzu, P-E-N-Z-U. It's at penzu.com. And that's another journaling place. I think they have a, they have a free version that you can do there or a, a, a more, a paid subscription that's pretty inexpensive if you want more robust kinds of journaling. Now, so those are a couple of online or digital versions of journaling to think through these things. If paper works better for you, you know, get a pretty notebook and a, and a good pen. But uh, on the other hand, if a good quality notebook intimidates you and you, you know, you don't want to ruin it by writing on it, then just get a cheap spiral bound notebook that you're not going to mind scribbling in and writing your thoughts and rambling and ruining um, as you think through this. This isn't about literature, you know, creating literature. It's just thinking on paper. This is a letter to yourself. It's, it's daydreaming. For example, one of the things you could do is you try to envision what your life would look like if you were living the life you want, um, is write, try writing a, a pretend journal entry as if it's December of next year. Write it as if you've accomplished everything you dream of. What are you doing? What have you, what have you accomplished? How do you feel about that? That'll give you some insight, I think, into... Uh, where you want to go from this. A and as you work through the process, if you feel truly stuck, if you really can't figure out what it is that you really want or how to get it, consider finding a counselor to talk to. Somebody, um, maybe we don't want to talk to our, our spouse about this because we don't want to make them feel bad or feel like we're dissatisfied with them just because we're thinking through uh, what it would take to be living our own authentic life. Uh, so a counselor is somebody that really literally has, they ha literally, figuratively speaking, has no skin in the game, uh, who can listen and ask questions, help kind of guide you through the process of thinking about what you want and, and where you want to end up. Um, so take 
in this journal or in this process, take an as assessment of how you're actually living your life. It's been said that to see what you really value, look at your calendar and your bank statement, because the things you spend your time and money on are what you val value most. So how are you spending your time? Uh, read through your calendar and look at the ways you're spending your time and think about um, whether it, that's consistent with your values and the things that matter to you, how would you like to be spending your time and what needs to change to get from, from here to there? Uh, I loved this way of putting it. There was a website, a, call, a, a blog post basically called Whose Life Are You Living? Uh, on a website at w, it's at co2partners.com and I'll put a link in the show notes. But they said, if you feel like you're not really living your life, ask yourself this, what would it take to reach escape velocity to break orbit from the gravitational pull of your established life? It's never too late to live your own life. It's better to fail at living your life than to succeed at living someone else's. Thought that was really awesome. Um, you might have seen uh, the meme that, and this was created by somebody else that I recently shared on the Productive Woman Facebook page right after Christmas that encouraged us to first make a list of things that make you happy. Second, make a list of things you do every day. Third, compare the lists. And fourth, adjust accordingly. Uh, this, uh, I, I think that's a pretty simple way of stating the process, which is becoming aware of your life and what you're doing and whether the things you're doing and the way you're spending your time is really consistent with the things that matter most to you, what needs to change so that you can be headed in the direction you want to go. It really all starts with getting to know yourself. What do you really want? Do you even know? And again, we've, as I was saying before, go through this process of thinking about these things. Who do you really want to be? What do you really want your life, your days, your weeks, your months to look like? This is a time to be honest with yourself, to dig deep and really think about this, not what you think you should want, but you, what you actually really deeply do want. What are you passionate about? What do you daydream about? What did you love to do as a child or as a young person that you haven't done in a while? You can, you know, journal about all these things or, or discuss them with a, a counselor or a coach. Here's a great question. If money was no object, nobody would get mad, and you could not fail, what would you do? Something important to think about as you design the life and then go after it. Who's influenced the choices that brought you to the life you're living today? And this is something else that you can journal about. It's something I've been thinking about. Your parents, um, a, a teacher or teachers that were influential, your spouse, your pastor, and are you, are they really being served by you living the life they designed for you? Or, uh, I don't know, probably more likely the life you think they want for you. And how would the people you love be better served by you living your own real authentic life? Whose permission do you think you need to live your life? Maybe you need to go ask them. Explain what it is you believe you need and why, if you can, and ask for their support. Maybe they'll surprise you. 
and if they don't, maybe you just need to give yourself permission. I'm really fortunate. I have an amazing husband who's very supportive of me pursuing the things that I care about. And, uh, but I'm very aware that not everybody has that kind of support. And so sometimes you just have to give yourself permission to, to do these things, you know, refer back to what we talked about earlier. You have a right simply by virtue of being here, being alive on this planet to, to live the life that you want to live, to, to live your own life. As we're thinking about this and particularly as women, as we think about, what our choices, uh, how our choices are influenced by the people we love, the people around us, and what we think they need, it's really important to remember that we can't control our circumstances, including what other people think of us. We can, however, control our responses. Well, why does this matter? Because if we are trying to please everybody around us and trying to manage our life in a way that, uh, we think will satisfy somebody else, but it's not satisfying to us. It's not fulfilling to us. We are deeply unhappy. And, and I'm not saying I am, you know, sometimes there's, you go through stages of life, um, where there's just this little bit of, it's not even discomfort. It's, it's sort of a, there's something, you know, there's this, this, what I'm doing right now, there's something coming. There's something, there are some adjustments that need to be made. And those adjustments can be threatening to the people who are used to us living a certain way and doing certain things and being certain, uh, a certain way. And it's important what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say as we're going through this process is, to take that step back and think, all right, am I managing my life to, to meet what I think somebody else's expectations of me are? Am I adjusting everything I do to satisfy somebody else, to make them happy, to keep them from being mad at me or whatever? Um, I've really, I've recently been listening to some episodes of a podcast that somebody recommended to me. It's called the Life Coach School Podcast. And its host, Brooke Castillo, who is a, a psychologist by training, I think, she repeatedly says that our circumstances, uh, including the people around us, are never the problem. It's what we think about them that creates the problem because our thoughts create our feelings or emotions. So if you are, you think you're, you know, you have to live a certain way and you're feeling down because of how other people might react to choices that you want to make, remember what other people think of you really isn't the problem. It's what you think about what they think of you and how you feel about what you think. And, um, I, I recommend this podcast. I, I'll put a link in the show notes. It really has been a really, uh, really helpful to me to kind of think, as she, as she says, uh, the results in our life come from the things that we do. The things that we do are driven by our, the, our feelings and our emotions always. And our feelings come from our thoughts and we can control our thoughts. We can't control how somebody else is going to react to what we do, but we can control what we think about how they react really, I, I know I'm kind of rambling on that, but it, it just was really a profound 
thing for me to hear and something to think about. So can you let that go, uh, what other people might think? Now, you will never hear me say that you should disregard the feelings of the people you love. I have read and heard some say, you know, you should just do what you want. And if the people in your life don't fully support it, that's just too bad for them. Dump them. I don't believe, and this is me, I don't believe that it's okay to hurt people to get what you want. And for me, part of building the life that's truly mine is serving and showing love to the people that I care about. But sometimes we have to really think about whether acquiescing to what they want or what we think they want is really serving them or showing love to them. You know, the the concept of just because our young child wants cake for for uh, for di- breakfast and is going to be mad at us if we don't give them that. Um, are we, are we serving them if we acquiesce because we want them to be happy or is there a better way of looking at it that we, we're going to deny them this thing they think they want while being kind and loving toward them, but for the greater good. So just something to think about. If fear of any kind is holding you back, how do you deal with that? Well, I'm still working on that, but I'm going to offer some some uh, suggestions, some of which uh, I got from, or as I've thought about this and, and sort of back up from, again, Elizabeth Gilbert. If you're afraid, this is what I thought, ask yourself, what is the worst that could happen? Seriously, if you're afraid to take a step or make a change toward living your authentic life, ask yourself that question. What's the worst that could happen? And write about that. Journal about it. Write a letter to your fears and uh, and work through that process. Elizabeth Gilbert, again in Big Magic, says, speak to your darkest and most negative interior voices the way a hostage negotiator speaks to a violent psychopath, calmly but firmly. Most of all, never back down. You cannot afford to back down. The life you are negotiating to save, after all, is your own. So think, uh, put your rational mind to work uh, in, in dealing with these fears and, and ask yourself that question. What's the worst that could happen? And, and honestly, answer it. Sometimes the answer is just to do it scared. We think that we need to wait, that, that there, we're cowards because we're afraid, but and and we want to be fearless, bold women of you know power, but sometimes change is just so frightening, and and it's but it's important enough that we're going to do it anyway, and we just have to do it scared. I love what Elizabeth Gilbert says about fear and the difference between fearlessness and courage. And she says, she says this, creativity is a party for the brave. Yes, but it is not a path for the fearless. And it's important to recognize the distinction. Bravery means doing something scary. Fearlessness means not even understanding what the word scary means. If your goal in life is to become fearless, then I believe you're already on the wrong path because the only truly fearless people I've ever met were straight up sociopaths and a few exceptionally reckless three-year-olds. And those aren't good role models for anyone. The truth is you need your fear for obvious reasons of basic survival. 
evolution did well to install install a fear reflex within you because if you didn't have any fear you would live a short crazy stupid life i just i really liked that distinction between fearlessness and courage and we can be courageous even though we're not fearless that if you have identified what the life you are longing to live looks like and you're afraid but move forward anyway, then you are exhibiting great courage. So why does any of this matter? Why does it matter whether you're living your life, your real, your truly authentic life, or whether you're living just the life that was handed to you? I really think you can only make your best contribution to the world when you're being authentically yourself, when you're using your, um, your unique mix of gifts and talents in, in the world. You know, we've talked in past episodes about the productivity to me, as we talk about it on this show, is not about crossing stuff off the checklist, but the product, truly productive woman is the woman who orders her life in such a way as to maximize her positive impact on her world. And you can't do that if the life you're living is not your life. You can only be fully yourself if you're owning your own life, if you're acknowledging that the choices are yours and no one else's. Even if you decide to defer something, some goal or some activity or some, you know, something you want to do in favor of someone else's needs. Maybe you've got young children and you're, you're going to defer certain things until they get a little older because they need more of your time and attention right now. That's okay. Own that choice. Make that choice as part of living your own life because you've decided that part of the person you are is someone who looks out for the well-being of those you love. And you know the time will come when you will pursue that activity or that dream at just the right time. Uh, because, and I think this is important, living your own life isn't about being selfish and putting your own needs above everybody else's. For many of us, being nurturers and caregivers is a big part of who we are as women. And so that's okay. It's not living your life doesn't mean chucking the people you love. It, it, it's, it means embracing whoever you are and whatever matters most to you. But if you are making those deferrals or you're making, um, doing things as part of, as part of that process of caring for the people you, you love, do it with joy as a choice you have made and not as something that has been, you know, imposed upon you. I guess the last thing I want to say about this is as, as you think through this process, I'm not advocating for, you know, immediately quitting your job or completely changing everything in your life. But if there's a disconnect between the life you're living and the life that's truly authentically yours, then think about that, be aware of that and map out a, ro a route to get from here to there and then take one small step at a time in that direction starting today. And that might include thinking through how to express what you need to the people you love and enlisting their ideas and their support for changes that need to happen. So what do you think? Are you happy with the life you're living or are you maybe needing to make some changes to make it your own life? 
I would love to hear from you, your thoughts on this. Please feel free to, to ask your questions or share your thoughts. There are a couple of ways you can do that. Publicly, you can go uh, comment in the, the, the comment section of the show notes at theproductivewoman.com slash 71, or you can go to the Productive Woman's Facebook page and post there. I watch that all the time, and I would love to engage in a conversation with you there. If you want to share your thoughts with me privately, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com, or you can always leave a voice message either on the website or on the Facebook page. There's a, a clearly marked button for voice message and click on that and you can record it and it'll come to me. So I'd love to hear from you. I really want to hear your thoughts about this episode, the things I talked about and your suggestions for episodes in the, in the coming months. I've, I've got a lot of fun stuff planned for 2016 and I'm really excited about uh, the ways we're going to be able to learn and grow together. If you think the productive woman is worthwhile, if you enjoy it, uh, and would like to support the show, there are ways you can do that. The most important thing is tell a friend. If you've got friends who you think might enjoy the show as well, let them know about it and encourage them to check it out and subscribe. You can also uh, help out by leaving a review of The Productive Woman in iTunes or on Stitcher. Uh, and there are links there in the show notes, or you could just go to theproductivewoman.com slash iTunes or slash Stitcher. That'll take you right to the page where you can subscribe to the show, or you can click and, and leave a review. I really appreciate those. They're very helpful to me in, in knowing whether I'm on track. They also help the show become more visible so more people can find it. I want to thank a couple of people who've left reviews recently. Yoga Girl Australia from Australia said uh, in iTunes, I came across The Productive Woman a few weeks ago and have been thoroughly enjoying Laura's podcast. Full of practical advice and real life experience, it's a wonderful resource. I've learned a lot and very much enjoy Laura's beautiful, gracious approach to productivity, life, and what matters. This is a real find. Thank you so much, Yoga Girl Australia. That really, I appreciate those kind words. Uh, and also recently, Zuli Hernandez from the United States says, I've just listened to a couple of podcasts so far, but I already know Laura's going to be one of my favorites. Well, thank you, Zuli, and welcome to the show. Let me know what you think. I also got a voicemail from Jen in Australia with some really kind words about the show and also an offer that she wanted me to share with you that might help you with setting your goals for 2016. Hi, Laura. My name's Jen Ramsey. I'm calling from Brisbane in Australia. And firstly, I wanted to say thank you so much for your podcast. I think it's amazing. I discovered it in November and have been listening pretty regularly ever since. Um, I just wanted to call and let you know that um, I run a business called demandforbrand.com and um, it focuses on helping people really achieve their dreams, really, really make their dreams a reality by creating great offers in, into the marketplace. Um, as part of my work, I've also decided this January to develop a, um, a absolutely free seven-day goal-setting challenge. Um, and I wanted to make an offer for you and your listeners to participate in that goal-setting challenge if you would like. I imagine you've got it all under control, but possibly it might be something of value and of use to your listeners. It is a completely free challenge and it will operate in terms of just being 
um, an interactive lab session running for about 20 minutes every day from the 11th of January through to the 18th of January. If you would like to pursue that, please feel free to call me or Skype me. Okay, you take care and um, I hope that you've had a really fantastic Christmas and and New Year uh, period with your family. Take care and we'll speak soon. Bye. To get more information about Jen's seven-day goal-setting challenge, you can visit her website by going to theproductivewoman.com slash Jennifer. Note that this uh, event starts on January 11th of 2016. So if you're listening to this episode on the day of release, you'll want to check it out right away. Thank you so much, Jen, for your support of The Productive Woman and for your offer to the other listeners. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, there are a couple of upcoming events uh, online where we could interact a a little more in real time, and I would love to see you there. Uh, I talked, I think, a little bit before about a new um, sort of social media platform called Blab. Uh, It's at blab.im. And this is a way where I can basically talk to you live on screen and you can, there's a chat room that you can, you know, give questions and comments and I can respond to. And if you want to even click on a button and come right onto the screen and, and ask your question live and we can talk uh, live. So there are a couple of those coming up. I've done some recently. But if you listen, if you're listening to this uh, shortly after it really, it's published on January 6th, I think there's an upcoming one on January 13th of 2016. This is at 7 p.m. Central, and this will be a, a Q&A session as part of Blab Fan uh, Fan Appreciation Day. For po- other podcasters, are going to be doing this that day. You can join me, and we can I can answer your questions and talk about what's on your mind as the new year starts. And then on January 17th at 10.30 a.m. Central, so the the other one, the 13th is in the evening, January 17th at 10.30 a.m. Central. I'm going to, I'm really excited. We're going to be doing another one of the international productivity conversations like we did a few weeks ago with Priscille Livonet of France and Julie Sharonosher of Israel. Uh, The three of us are going to be talking about our best tips for starting the new year off right. And this, uh, this is your chance to ask us your productivity questions and ask them live. So links in the show notes. You can also just go to blab.im slash Laura McMom and find my profile there. If you follow me, you'll get notifications when I host blabs in the future. Uh, so I'd love to have you participate in that. I'm also available to speak at your events. I love interacting with people live. So if you've got a, a women's group, a retreat coming up, business teams that are meeting, and uh, you would enjoy having a, a presentation or a conversation about productivity-related topics, I'd love to be part of that. So send me an email at feedback at theproductivewoman.com or you can call me at 972-638-0308 and we can talk about what you need. And last, if you haven't already done so, uh, you can still respond to the listener survey. I would really appreciate if you'd take about three minutes to respond to the survey. That's at theproductivewoman.com slash survey. Before I go, I do want to take just a quick minute to talk about our sponsor. And I am so, I was so psyched when they uh, approached and said they'd like to sponsor the show because I, if you've been listening for any time at all, you know that I use and I love Nosby. It's a task manager that 
uh, simply helps you get everything done. This is a tool that more than 300,000 busy people and teams all around the world use to get their tasks and projects done. And I'm one of them. One of the things I love about it is it's available on every platform. It has a desktop and a mobile web app, also offers native apps for Mac, Windows, Linux, Android, iPad, iPhone. It even offers an app for the Apple Watch so you can get your tasks done even on your wrist. I really like that because I can get little reminders that through my Apple Watch when I, I need, or I can add tasks to the list that way. So it's a, Nosby is a proven platform for task management, project management, based on three ideas, productivity, mobility, and collaboration. Productivity, because Nosby is built by people who are passionate about productivity. It was initially inspired by the getting things done method that we've talked about in the past, and it now incorporates a lot of really great proven productivity techniques to help you get to done even faster. To make it even more robust, the system allows you to seamlessly sync up or link up your Nosby app and your tasks with your Evernote notes or files from Dropbox, Box, or Google Drive. So there's that integration that really is helpful. Second of all, mobility, because with Nosby, you're able to really get everything done anywhere, anytime, at the office, on your computer, or on the go with your tablet or smartphone, and everything syncs securely and quickly. I love that feature. It, you know, I can enter a, a task on my iPhone when I'm thinking of it, and then I can uh, process it and do more when I'm back at my computer. It's just everywhere, and it just syncs up just very quickly. And finally, collaboration, because in the 21st century, most of us can't get everything done alone. Nosby makes it really easy to share projects with anyone that has an email address and to delegate tasks to your friends, your colleagues, however. So that way, to get a project done, you don't have to be sending emails back and forth. Thanks to Nosby, you're, you're able to communicate regarding these tasks very quickly and effectively. And Nosby is so committed to collaboration that every Nosby Pro user gets a second account for their partner, business partner, spouse, whatever, that's included for free. So you, that way you don't have any excuse to work uh, to you know to not work with someone through Nosby and get your tasks done faster together. Um, I, I'm so thrilled that they've chosen to sponsor The Productive Woman and to offer to you as a listener a 30-day free trial of Nosby Pro. Uh, and you can find out more about that and sign up for it f- absolutely free at Nosby, that's N-O-Z-B-E, nosby.com slash woman. If you decide to stick with it, uh, to, to, to keep the pro version going after the 30 day trial. And I bet you will, you can get an, uh, to save an additional 10% off your subscription by using the coupon code woman. Uh, and I'll have this stuff in the show notes, but just, you know, check it out at nosebycom slash woman. Give it a try. I'm so thrilled. Thank you to Nosby for supporting the, the productive woman. I've been using it for a long time and I'm, I'm thrilled to have them on board. And that, my friends, is it for this first episode of 2016 of The Productive Woman. Thank you so much for spending this time with me and for, for um, going on this journey with me. I hope you found something in this episode that's helpful to you. And I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself. 
and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.